This podcast was first broadcast on Mix 92.6. Go to Mix92.6.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts. And if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around Hertfordshire and from further afield. Now, are trees important? Of course they are. The potential of trees to combat the climate crisis is immense, not only in their contribution to capturing carbon dioxide, increasing biodiversity and improving air quality, but their capacity to mitigate the effects of temperature rise too. The extreme heat waves experienced in Hertfordshire last summer highlighted the impact that global warming has on our local natural environments and how much everyone, humans and animals alike, valued the cool and shade that trees gave. Which is why it is great to hear about more trees being planted. And that's what we'll be hearing about in this week's Environment Matters. And as another spring gets underway, the blossoms start to open and trees start to awaken from their winter hibernation, the tree planting season draws to a close for another year. And it has been a busy season with trees being planted by the local council, by lovely people like you, and as part of the late Queen's Green Canopy. Later, we'll hear from local tree warden and administrator of the Trees of St Albans Facebook group, Anthony Helm, about what they have called the Tree of Hope. Now, back in 2019, St Thomas District Council said that they were planning a district-wide tree planting scheme that would be on the same scale as that of Hartwood Forest near Sandridge, which saw 600,000 trees planted over 10 years. Now, that's a lot of trees. 60,000 trees a year, in fact. Covid intervened, and whilst there's nowhere near that number of trees going into the ground, planting has been taking place steadily. Let's hear from Nick Sheriff, Parks Manager at St Albans District Council, about how many trees St Albans District Council has planted this planting season. About 5,000 trees. Uh, Last year we planted 3,000, so in the last couple of years we've planted uh, 8,000 trees. So it's really good news. A lot of that has been through funding grants as well, so paid for by funding grants such as the Local Authority Tree Fund, that was about £6,500, and the Urban Tree Challenge Fund. Okay, and the trees themselves have been planted mainly by volunteers? Yeah, except for the standards, so the, the you know sort of the six to eight foot trees, all the other trees have been planted by volunteers, the scouts, countryside management volunteers and, and locals turning up to these planting events. Okay, so it sounds like quite an economical way in which to add trees to the district. So these aren't just standalone trees or trees in a group, but actually many of the trees that you've planted are as part of hedges. Why have you done this? Why are hedges so important? Well, hedges are very important because they provide a unique habitat for uh, birds, insects, mammals, and they are interconnecting. So if you've got two pieces of woodland or another hedgerow that doesn't meet up having these hedgerows are important and they give food throughout the year as well you can plant quite a a few trees in in one group yeah quite a good use of space i suppose 
That's right. And especially over the years through agriculture and through the urbanisation of our, our local environment, there was a reduction in hedgerow linear metres. Right. So we've lost quite a lot of hedgerows over the year, but hopefully done something in your tree planting this year to, to replace some of them. So are you able to tell us where the trees that you've planted um, this season, where they've gone, where, where we can see them? So we've been planting this season at Jersey Farm Open Space. So that's about a 200 metre linear hedgerow there, uh, all done by volunteers. And Camp Open Space, and that would be great because there's uh, two allotments either side. And again, when we talk about connectivity, that will provide in the future a really good space for animals and mammals, birds, etc. to flourish. So how have you chosen the trees to plant? Are they all native varieties? Yes, they're all native varieties. Hazel, hornbeams uh, and things like that, hawthorn. And it's really important to locally source the trees to reduce the opportunity for the importation of, of pests and disease. Yeah, we've certainly had some of that in recent years, haven't we? So think about somewhere like Jersey Farm Open Space. Some people might say, why don't you just plant trees all over that? Well, we've planted some woodland areas, but got to look at what is there in the first place and whether it's the right tree in the right place. If there's meadow there, can you improve that meadow? Because it's great planting lots of trees, but there's also acid grasslands, chalk meadows that are in decline as well. So it's making sure that we're managing the site for the best for biodiversity and and for a mosaic of habitats. So Hertfordshire County Council um, did a tree giveaway where they gave away trees to local people. Did you play any part in that? Yes, we did. We were the distribution hub. So some of my team and local councillors and some other uh, officers of the council came along and we distributed the trees to local residents. In addition to the trees that Hearts County Council had provided, we also funded additional trees which turned out to be 6,500, and we gave them away to around 750 residents. Okay, so that sounds like that was quite popular. Now, I know that St. Thomas District Council, you don't actually plant the trees that go into Verges, that's Harts County Council, but if anybody lives near to trees that have been planted on Verges, or indeed, I suppose, lives close to any of the bigger plantings that you've done, is there anything you'd like to ask from them? Yeah, at the end of the day, we do have a watering programme. But uh, as we saw last summer, a lot of trees did suffer from the extreme heat. So if they've seen a new tree or a tree that was planted in the last couple of years outside their house on the verge, or if they're walking into one of our open spaces and seeing, you know, taking some water out to these trees always help to ensure a survival. Okay, Nick, thank you very much indeed for telling us about that. Thank you. I was talking there to Nick Sheriff, Parks Manager at St Albans District Council. 
And Wellin and Hatfield Borough Council have also been busy planting 301 new street trees and 15 orchard trees of a whopping 90 different species this winter, keeping up their status as a prestigious tree city of the world. Now, last year it was awarded the title for the third year, along with only 138 cities in 21 countries around the world. And don't those trees all look amazing when they're in blossom? So something there for other Hertfordshire towns to aspire to. Now, it's not just the council that's been planting trees. As Nick said, you've been planting trees in your gardens, which is brilliant. And groups have been getting together to plant trees too. Schools, for example. Locally, Veolia, in partnership with community action charity Groundwork, donated a total of 40 trees to seven local schools, including Randwood Primary, Sandridge Primary, Maple, St Luke's, Praywood, Fleetville, all as part of a scheme to help schools to become part of a national network of orchards. Now, Viola reckoned that by donating orchards to schools, it's placing the power of positive change into the hands of the future guardians of our planet. School children across the country now have the opportunity to plant their very own orchard and learn how to care for them until they bear fruit, providing them with healthy, locally sourced food and nurturing their well-being through a reconnection with nature. That's great to hear, isn't it? Now, a slightly more unusual fruit tree, a mulberry tree in fact, has recently been planted in St Peter's Churchyard. Named the Tree of Hope, it was paid for and planted by members of the Trees of St Albans Facebook group. I spoke to tree warden and admin for the group, Anthony Helm, and he started by telling us about the inspiration behind the Tree of Hope. We've had a lot of bad news of late. Climate change, COVID, species depletion, war, inflation, economic difficulties, etc. And it's been difficult and depressing. In the year 2022, we had the Jubilee, the Platinum Jubilee. And out of that came the Queen's Green Canopy, which is a scheme to plant trees. And so this was an opportunity to be positive. And as a result, the Tree of Hope came about. And Trees of St Albans had a collection and has planted a mulberry tree in St Peter's Churchyard. Do you just want to tell us who the Trees of St Albans are? Yes, the, the tree, Trees of St Albans is a, a group, an online group, uh, which has been running for about three years to try and stimulate interest and inform people and I- improve the environment in terms of trees in the city. Now, you said that the Tree of Hope is now planted in St. Peter's Churchyard. Did you have any trouble in finding a location for it? (laughs) Yeah, yes, we did. It's taken a couple of years, uh, lots of discussion and and a a number of meetings. So um, St. Peter's uh, was on our list of desirable sites. And I called in at the turn of the year just as an off chance, explained what we were about. A meeting was set up with Peter Court. And he and others have been wonderfully supportive. And the Garden of Hope already exists in the churchyard and our tree now sits alongside it. So why did you choose a a mulberry tree? Well, you're right. Um, We could have have chosen any, any tree and it's a wonderful site. Many various trees, but it doesn't have a mulberry. And somebody suggested that would be a good species. And it has strong St Albans and monarchy connections. And it makes a a nice little local story. 
of course, 2,000 years ago, the Romans, perhaps even one of ours, brought the, the mulberry to these islands. Silk mills in the 19th century, uh, the Fighting Cocks and in Redbourne, uh, were established by the Woolham family. There are a few trees in and around St Albans, including the very fine one in Vintry Gardens. Black mulberries, like ours, were planted early in 1600 by King James I to start an English silk industry. So there's the connection with royalty. Francis Bacon from Gorhambury was aware of, of the species at Canterbury. And the Queen, our late Queen, held the national collection from the year 2000 at Buckingham and Kensington Palaces. So there's a good tree for many reasons, provides good ecology, diversification, delicious fruit. Well, that's fascinating, uh, Anthony. There's a lot of things there that I, I really didn't know. Now, you said this mulberry cheek is part of the Queen's Green Canopy. D- do you get any official recognition for that? Is there anything special you have to do to be part of the, the canopy? No, it's open to anybody that wants to plant a tree. And you can and we will provide a picture of the tree being in situ um, on the Queen's Green Canopy website. And in Hertfordshire, there's quite a few plantings by schools, individuals, uh, councils, clearly. So it's very interesting to have a look to see what's been done. Now, Anthony, you're a bit of a uh, bit of a warrior for urban trees. Why do you think that they're so important? Well, towns are where most people live. We need urban trees. Um, some call it these days an urban forest or a green canopy to do many essential things. You know, they provide clean air, better water, better water management. We've got climate change, so they provide shade. Trees have been recognised these days for creating a better mental and presence and, and healing process. And they're just beautiful, aren't they? Uh, so I wouldn't like to argue with that, Anthony. Is there anything else that you think we should uh, be aware of about with urban trees? Well, yeah, there's, there's a sense that in our town, there's, there's a net loss of, of, of street trees and in, in people's front gardens. Clearly, vehicles dominate our lives, and there's an opportunity to redress this growing imbalance. There's so many opportunities, but we need to look for them. A quick and dirty look at towns, cities throughout the world shows that St Albans is is just like any other. But I would like, personally, to see St Albans demonstrate how we can be better, how we can have a, a green tree building synergy. And it will provide many benefits, of course. So if we want to kind of help our local trees, our local urban trees, what can we do? Nick Sheriff told us about keeping an eye out for thirsty trees during um, hot spells. Is there anything else that we can do? Yeah, well, I, I think the, the, you know, the, the opportunities are limitless. But it starts with each and every individual having a desire to do something, to do something that we know is right and that that will last. Um, I just wonder whether I can provide a a personal example. My grandfather in 1905 with his young family moved from a very depleted living and working environment in Lambeth. 
and he became one of the first pioneers in Letchworth Garden City. By 1907, he had, mainly at night with a lantern, planted 400 nut trees and 400 apple trees and a few pears and plums. He had a belief and it materialised. Of course, times had changed. Um, For companionship and support, listeners could become tree wardens. The St Albans District Council has a scheme. Just go to their website and you'll find it. Or you could work with a buddy in your own local open space or road. So, as Nick said, you know, we need to water trees before it gets hot even. We can put strimmer guards around smaller trees. We can identify spaces for new trees. We can talk to other people about trees. So, above all... I think we need to actively promote a greener St Albans. Anthony, thank you very much indeed for telling us about that. Thank you for the opportunity. I love that story about Anthony's grandfather. Anthony told me that his grandfather was really ahead of his time and was a pioneering vegetarian. So all those nut trees that he planted were a really valuable source of protein for him. I can only assume that the squirrels eating all the hazelnuts was a bit less of a problem then than it is now. You can get in touch via email. I'm on amanda.yorth at mix926.com or look for Environment Matters on Mix92.6 on Twitter and Facebook. Look forward to hearing from you. I'll be back with you at the same time next week, but until then, thank you for listening.